Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem, exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we'll be hearing from Alicia Bagnano of the band Bully. But before we get started, I want to let you know about a new podcast that our sister station, KUT, just released. It's called This Is Just To Say, and in it, poet Carrie Fountain, who, by the way, was the most cited poet on the Writer's Almanac, talks to poets about poetry, and in doing so, gets into conversations about creativity and process and inspiration, and then, you know, life. You can find it on KUT.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, to Alicia Bagnano of Bully. The band's been together since 2013, and Alicia, who fronts the band and writes the songs, well, she does this amazing job of making, like, real rock music that deals with anxieties and ambivalences in a way that helps you, or should I say helps me, like, release. We've been playing Bully here at KUTX, the radio station in Austin, Texas, where we make this podcast, since their debut record, Feels Like, came out in 2015. And... I can still remember the first time I actually, like, heard the words to trying off that record. I mean, when I realized that part of the song was about her anxiety around waiting for her period, which, like, ladies, I think we can all mostly relate to, right? Like, I felt like someone had slapped me in a good way because I'd never heard anyone talk about that in a song. And, like, why have I not heard someone talk about that in a song before? It made me an instant bully fan. They have a new record out called Losing. And when we were putting together our KUTX Live at the Four Seasons show for South by Southwest, we knew we wanted Bully to be a part of it. And we were so lucky that they agreed to get up and play for us so early in the morning. Like, they played at 9 a.m. And after her set, I got to talk to her about a song and a record that showed her that she could indeed make the music that she wanted to make. So I picked Glorious, uh, that's on the record, Pod by the Breeders. The song itself I love and is fantastic, but really I picked it because it's the opener of that record. And I would say that's possibly my favorite record of all time um, for a lot of reasons. There's very few records that I want to just turn all the lights off in my house and eat a little bit of weed candy and listen to. (laughs) And that's one where it would just be like front to back. Let me just sit here and take all of this in.
there's just certain notes I feel like that are hit on that record that are so heavy and it makes me feel so good and her vocals just floating and sounds really clear throughout the record with a little bit of reverb and just I don't want to use the word hate but I I don't like you know really heavily edited recordings or super polished or it's like you're the engineer's going through and locking in the kick with the bass uh, manually when there's nothing wrong with that but when I look at bully records that's not really the route that I want to take hence why we record onto tape so hearing stuff like that is just gives the record so much more character and makes it a lot more personal and makes it feel like you can connect with it a lot more Some of the record, it's like some of the songs, the snare's just way up there and the vocals are kind of low. But since there's so much space on the recordings, you can still make everything out. And yeah, I don't, there's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listened to the song and I realized Glorious, which was the first song on that record, like that's kind of a, like a wild song, like mm-hmm. production wise. And like even tonally, sometimes I was mm-hmm. like, it's hard for me to find like, yeah. the tonal center. But it does definitely get across like this. I mean, for me, I was like, it's kind of a heartbreaking. It is. Song. And when she starts it and it's just like kicks in, she just goes, da 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 da. Oh. And that in itself is like, who just starts a song like that? Like, that's so cool. I mean, usually if you hear something started with like a ooh or a da da da, it's like in a pop song and it's. Uh, definitely not with the same sort of energy that you take from her starting with it in Glorious. I heard the Pixies before I heard the Breeders. And this I know, his teeth is white as snow. What a gas it was to see him. Walk her every day into a shady place. Her lips she when I was in college and I was listening to something it may have even been Pandora or something for some reason the breeders came on after the Pixies and Kim Deal's voice was one of my favorite part of the Pixies and I remember thinking this woman sounds exactly like Kim Deal and that's when I discovered it was her and she had her own band and then it was like I was already really really happy that I listen to the Pixies and then once I found out she had her own band my mind was blown I was just like this is what I've been waiting for this is so cool and then I just fell in love from there first of all the algorithm worked right it did (laughs) which is rare because Spotify sometimes I'm like what is this song you are putting on after this playlist this is but you know they gotta learn I guess yeah yeah so after you heard it was it the kind of thing where you immediately went out and like searched out all the breeders stuff yeah absolutely it was when I was in beginning college and I was studying audio engineering for one of my classes I had to get it was a critical listening class I had to get these really high-end headphones which I had never had before and I just remember listening to both records through those so I could kind of figure out what I thought about it sonically and that to me was equally as good as the songs themselves which is uh, also a rare thing I feel like when it comes to a record so 
that was another exciting part of discovering those records. It was the it was the sounds as much as the songs mm -hmm. that really like more the songs, but I think that the engineering really catered to them and the emotion within the songs, which was really cool. When you started writing for for your own project, like you were studying to be an engineer, mm -hmm. but then you know, but you wanted to be in bands and you wanted to make music. And mm -hmm. so when you started, were you writing music at the time when you heard the Breeders? Yes, I was writing music. Um, I started writing music either when I was a junior or senior in high school and I was it was really bad and I grew up in a really small or I don't know if it's small I would say it's a small suburb outside of Minneapolis and I didn't listen to cool music I'm not gonna like pretend like I was like oh I was listening to undercover punk records like I was not cool I was just like what'd you listen to just like alternative radio Alanis Morissette at the time yeah so um uh, there was a piano at my house so that's what I wrote on and then I was learning logic which is a recording software and I would just put together loops from logic and track vocals over it I didn't get around to electric guitar though until I was I don't know 19 or 20 and I was living in a house with a bunch of people so they let me use theirs and then eventually I got my own. I think most of college for me I was a mess. Um, now I feel like if I, I feel a certain way I know that it's coming on and I know how to channel it into some sort of creative outlet but when I was in college I just felt like a mess all the time. I don't know and I was really trying to play music but at the same time I was really insecure because I was going to school with all these people um, who were from everywhere, but a lot of them were from Nashville and had grown up with an extensive knowledge on music theory and like came and knew exactly what they were doing. And I just have always played by ear. I didn't start playing guitar until much later in my life. And so playing music live and joining bands was a really terrifying thing, but all that I wanted to do at the time. And I think... Again, this is something I don't know, but when I can listen to records where it sounds more like people are just playing by ear and what they feel like sounds good or it's not theoretically correct, you know, like you should be playing the fifth of this because I'm playing that. I can't stand that. Like <laughs> I get it. It works and it has its place literally everywhere, but not for me. Um, and I don't know, just like hearing that, it just inspired me a lot. It was kind of like, this is this is exactly my thing. Like, I love this. Pod, the record that Alicia loves so much, was produced by Steve Albini. He also produced Nirvana's In Utero. And Alicia, well, she interned at his studio, Electrical Audio. And I wondered, did his involvement with the Breeders, like, did it inspire her to work with him? It was more because they had the tape machines. Okay. Uh -huh, and they're all tape experts. While I was in school, obviously, Pro Tools was um, the medium that everyone was using. And I was really sick of the answer being restart the computer when something was going on. <laughs> and when I just first got around a tape machine, it felt like a more physical process, and I really liked it. 
you're literally doing the mix with your hands. And like there was times when I had to have the guys help and say, at this point, you need to push this fader up a little bit and then pull it back down here. And that's how you're doing the mix. But I don't know. I just I don't want to sit and stare at a computer for all that time. And I feel like I would never be satisfied and I would endlessly be pulling it back up and tweaking it. And when you when I do things there and on tape, that's it. And we move on. You can move on with yeah. your life. And when we leave the studio, it's done. Those tapes are being shipped to mastering, and, and that's the end of it. But it's just cool because it's like an accurate representation of what was actually happening in that time period We were while we were in the studio. Not something that happened eight months after the actual tracking process and it's like a cool diary or for me to look back and just see that was like two months and that's exactly what happened in those two months is really it's like a little time capsule or something except for i'm not gonna bury it underground it's gonna go everywhere (laughs) (laughs) a time capsule you immediately open it yeah the world yeah um when you started making music then after you heard the breeders did it help you get there It's hard to tell. I would say yes. It definitely helped me get there because it was super inspiring. Um, A lot of what helped me was messing with guitar pedals. And I just remember experimenting with different delay pedals and reverb. And you will be so surprised when you start playing guitar, like what distortion can do. I mean, it's like you're you have these songs you're you're trying to play like the super fast song a couple chords and you turn on distortion it's like a different world and you're like oh hell yeah I know where this is going this sounds so much better this is like what I was thinking in my head and I and I just wasn't getting there with a clean guitar sound and yeah pedals they were really exciting to me it's really interesting because I had a conversation with Kelly Deal from the Breeders Mm -hmm. for this podcast but like she talks about very similar stuff to what you talk talk about actually like she she was like she was like I was never really interested in like technical playing but it was sounds and pedals that was what interested her about music and Mm -hmm. what like led her to want to be a musician so yeah I actually have met both of them how was it at electrical but I wasn't like I love you so much (laughs) I was just like hi nice to meet you and that was it um I remember being in the kitchen and we were in B and they were downstairs recording an A and she came up. She was like, hey, Steve's downstairs. You said you're engineering. You have a really cool band. And I was just like, oh, oh uh, no, my band, it sucks. Like, <laughs> I probably said something like that and then just like ran away. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard when like you meet musician. I mean, for yeah. me, I'm always I either try to play it like super cool or like I just because I don't want to like germ out. Yeah, but sometimes I do. I cannot play it cool. Yeah, I feel like and and then it's like it's hard enough to meet somebody that you really like and then it's even harder to try and take a compliment from them. You're like, oh, no, like, I don't know. Yeah, it was a lot. Well, they seem really nice and you seem really nice. You guys should hang out sometime. That's what I think. That's what, that's my takeaway from this. Bully and the breeders should definitely play some shows together. Yeah, I would agree. And this is Running from Bully's new record, Losing. In our last episode, it featured Kelly Deal from The Breeders. Yeah, like we put the episodes next to each other because Kelly Deal is in The Breeders and Alicia talked about The Breeders, even though Kelly Deal wasn't technically in The Breeders when Pod was recorded. 
she joined later. But we also put these episodes next to each other because, like I told Alicia, the two of them have a very similar way of approaching music. They're more inspired by sound and effects than, like, getting it, quote-unquote, right. And I said it in last week's episode, and I will say it again. When music becomes about sound rather than technical ability, man, it's freeing. It means that anyone can make music. Like, anyone can, because we are all musical beings. And that just makes me really happy. If you haven't heard last week's episode featuring Kelly Deal from The Breeders, then I encourage you to go listen to it. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org. I'll post a link to the episode there, along with links to Bully's latest record and the band's set from our Live at the Four Seasons show and to their tour dates, because Bully is on tour right now, and you should go see them. You'll also be able to find a Spotify playlist there where you can listen to all the songs in this podcast all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. The interview was edited by Nadia Hamda who is a reporter at KUT. She does great work. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Aaron Waltz is our social media intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.